A city of justice A city of love A city of peace For every one of us We all need it Can't live without it A Gotham City and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many other great Batman related podcasts. I'm Josh, and with me this week is. We finally got rid of that Cretan Donovan, and now it's just my beloved and I, Josh. So this just is. Just the beloved. <laughs> so this D- is. Don wasn't, here. Don wasn't here last time either. I know. Um, I think he's we- out with a girl. I think he's on maternity leave or something. Huh. Don will be back, uh, but he's currently up to up to no good shenanigans somewhere. We don't know where. So we still haven't seen him since Stella and him went to that wedding in North Carolina. Heavens. Yeah, maybe. And I was in North Carolina right this last weekend, and I couldn't find Don. Isn't that weird? And that and that is true. I was in North Carolina, and I looked at my map, and I said, "How long to?" I can't say where you live, but to Virginia, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I I can't say on the podcast. We're keeping that secret, right? Well, you can say Virginia. The state is fine. Okay. <laughs> Stella lives somewhere in Virginia. Yeah, Good luck somewhere. finding her. So I I looked at the map like, okay, how far would it be if I just went up further to see Stella? And I was like, oh, too far for me to go today. Yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about um the episode of Gotham, What the Little Bird Told Him. Yeah. And uh, the little the little bird has been doing a lot of talking. We start off with a continuation from last week with the electrocutioner is on the loose. And Gordon promises Commissioner uh, Loeb, whose name we know from the you know expanded material of the show, like the press releases, it says it's Commissioner Loeb. But he promises Commissioner Loeb that he can catch the electrocutioner in 24 hours if he gets his job back. And the electrocutioner is apparently going after Don Maroney because Maroney messed him over on a job many years ago and made him take the fall. So the cops use Maroney as bait. But during one of the attacks, Penguin is a little dazed and uh, wakes up and announces that he has business with Falcone, which raises Maroney's eyebrows. Fish, after 11 episodes, I think it was, of saying that it was she was going to strike against Falcone, finally does – Fake kidnaps Liza, and Falcone sees through it right away, but agrees to Fish's conditions of leaving town until the little bird tells him something that Liza was a plant, and things kind of hit the fan. Meanwhile, Barbara Keenum um, goes home to her parents to get some laundry done for the weekend, and we find out that they are posh and uh, super, super rich. And I think uh, that pretty much covers uh, what the little bird told him, Stella. Did you enjoy this episode? With the exception of the Barbara Gordon parts. Or whatever her name is, my goodness. What, <laughs> what do you mean whatever her name is? It's Barbara Gordon. I know. <laughs> it's I not, it's so not a puzzle. Confused. It's not a riddle. I know. I well, and I, I didn't mention Gordon. in the recap, too, there is some shipping this episode between Kringle and Nigma yeah. and Gordon and Lee Tompkins. Yes. Yes. Don't call her Leslie anymore. No, indeed. Uh Yes, which I I did enjoy that, though I will talk about that later. I actually, I I think that uh, the previous episode was, you know, eh, I think we agreed on that. But this one I thought was a step up and better than some previous episodes that we have seen. This, um, I was, you know, the, the continuing saga of how Josh watches Gotham. I was driving back to Florida 
from, you know, my uh, trip to South and North Carolina. And um, I downloaded this while I was at a rest stop. And I just kind of like put my Kindle on, you know, like under, you know, my suitcase and hooked up the sound system so I could like listen to the episode while I was driving. My, my eyes were on the road. My oh Kindle my was like, my Kindle was under a coat, I have to say. Oh. But then like everything I was listening to was like sounding so intense. So I pulled over to a rest stop and just like <laughs> watched the episode because it was that engaging. And yeah. it's funny because last week I was like, OK, I can dig the electrocution or being a two part villain. But he was actually not my least favorite part of the episode, but like I, I really didn't care about him as much as I was caring about all the stuff going on with uh, Fish and Falcone and Liza. Like that was like really pulling me in. Right. And it, this was probably my third favorite episode behind uh, the pilot and Penguin's Umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like this episode, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. This is the most I've enjoyed the show since Penguin's Umbrella, I would have to say. Yeah, I think um, I would agree with you that the, the strongest part certainly is this climax between Fish and Falcone. And the electrocutioner, though, serves a, a big plot point because he not only is able to bring Jim back into the fold of, of, of everything going on, but he's also the one that accidentally pushes um, some things to happen, like, you know, what happens with Penguin and things like that. So I think he does push things forward. But last episode, I I thought that they really did a good job with him. It was very suspenseful, and, of course, you didn't know who it was at the end. But I I, I think that perhaps it didn't keep its strong line of, you know, this is a great villain. What's he doing? What's his plan? I mean, just to be out for vengeance, I thought, oh, well, I don't know about that. Because perhaps there could have been a better um, plan for what he was doing instead of just out-and-out vengeance. Because I felt like he was this crazy guy, so why not be like Zaz? Because Zaz in this episode is more... You know, level-headed than you would think he is. So uh, th- Zaz just know. wants to get let out of his cage. He's like, please. It's probably going to happen. Which I, I, I love it when he says please because he also did that in um, Penguin's Umbrella oh, when yeah. um, when he's in the police station. He tells them to leave. Like, yep. he's he's always in so much pain when he says please. I guess politeness doesn't come easily to him. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, and he's hired just to ensure that things go well. Uh, yeah, the executioner, you know, me- means to an end, you know, and like you said, he put things in motion, like the whole, like, Maroney Penguin thing. Mm-hmm. And when Leslie Tompkins, or, for, I don't know. Yeah, I, what, what was up with that? Because last know. week, or two weeks ago, she she was okay with Leslie, but again, different writers, I'm assuming different writers, I have to look <laughs> again, but like, like, She's very no, like no. It's Lee. Like really, why is she trying to make it more intimate? Like, hey, we're friends. Slash, I have some interest in you. So <laughs> we I'm had gonna, an adventure together. It's more of an intimate name. Like, <laughs> Let me don't go call into me the women's Stella. locker room or well, the men's I mean, room. Yeah. So, like, people who know me really well and are really close to me can call me Stell, and they do. Like, sometimes it just slips out, and you're like, well, that's okay because they're my close friends. So- I'm worried about our intimacy. I've never called you <laughs> Stell. <laughs> I've never felt the need to. So, listeners, Donovan's going to come on, and I'm going to shift off. It's like a nice little transition. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it, it was a little awkward. I do have to say that, hey, just call me Lee was a little awkward. Just just stick with Leslie. You don't have to be cool. <laughs> well, and, and she has that, like, Don Maroney doll. She's like, 
And they're like, who does this look like? And I, actually, I thought that it could have looked like any guy on the show. That could have been. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just that we flashed to the next scene, which happened to be Maroney. So he made the connection. It could have been Butch. It could have been Falcone. Honestly, like it almost could have been Jim if it had some hair, you know? Yeah. Um, that's that's actually what I thought at first. But I, I, I couldn't understand like Mr. M until they showed you know, the Cuban Italian uh, Maroni. Oh, yeah. Who's joking about, like, oh, and then I pulled the guy's tooth out. I and know. I pulled another tooth out. <laughs> and then he couldn't talk to me because he had no teeth. Yeah. And uh, I-, I was watching that um, with um, the kid who I take after school. And, um,. <laughs> and he, he what was it that he said oh yeah he turned to me and said i like how um maroni's like flunkies laugh at everything he says even if it's not funny that's because if you don't you die i know <laughs> all the yes men and then he goes to the police station he just like orders you know like a coffee or something yes yep you you had mentioned uh something before we started recording which was uh penguin who sometimes could be a genius and sometimes like this episode can be a complete idiot, you know, waking up from his little coma saying, I, I have urgent business with Don Falcone. Yeah. And then swearing on his mother's grave. So you, you had you had a theory. Tell me what this theory is. Yes. Yeah, the so audience. When that whole thing happened, when he blurted out, I've got urgent business with Falcone, I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Did he just really blurt out you know accidentally of course you know he's hate like his brain is a little bit messed up with everything but i was super shocked the fact that uh mulroney looks behind him and then turns away i thought to myself well he's a little too smart for it but i wonder if he is thinking it's just like him being crazy but of course he confronts him i don't think i think it's too much to have that name dropped you can't let it go so he of course confronts penguin and penguin saying you know i swear on my mother may she be struck dead if i'm lying and falco he uh he or moroni moroni he he drops back and says okay okay you know i believe you that is too easy for him and i believe that she's actually going to gonna bite the dust soon and i feel like in a previous episode of gotham chronicles that all three of us uh that mystery donovan as well had said something like we thought she might die this season yeah they're they're definitely setting something up with her yeah so so i'm thinking that next episode or something she's gonna bite it and maroney will kill her you know as a way to say like you know well you swore on your mother's life yep now let me pull your teeth out but does that yeah oh keep going and another car ride, you know, moment like, you know, the kid the kid watches it on my Kindle, you know, while I'm driving him home. Like that that moment where like he says, I have urgent business with Don Falcon and Maroni just gets like quiet and like looks off like wondering. We were like joking, saying, Right now Maroni's thinking, Wow, I did not know that Don Falcon was Penguin's mom. Oh god. This, ra- this raises so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, Penguin is just like so careful sometimes, like yeah. so masterminding. Mm-hmm. And then he does stuff like this. Do you think he was in control though? He wasn't. He was, yeah, he was really fritzed out, I think, by the electricity. <sighs> he was fritzed out, but there was, you know, there was a bit of like panic in him as like he woke up. I, I think that any other person would have handled it differently, even when confronted saying, you said you had business with Falcone. You know, to which I would answer, wow, I said that. Yeah, you know, like I I was electrocuted. My mind was all over the place. I was like when I blacked out, I had these dreams of like, you know, 
like you know, like sneaking in the Falcon's place and killing him for you. That must have been what made me say that. You know, you, you come up with something, um, which is weird because Penguin's usually a good, you know, BSer, but not but no not one's as good as you, around. Josh. <laughs> With all your crazy it, and now stuff. I'm at a loss for words. I know you are. Oh gosh, it, I think that this is going to have far-reaching consequences. And I'm almost just thinking so many steps ahead. If his mother does die, does he keep up appearances and stays with Moroni? But now he's like fostering this deep hate and ready to kill, or is he completely outed and then is just totally 100% with Falcone? right out in the open. So now I'm thinking about just what is going to happen after this because I feel like something has really opened and there's a lots, of, uh, lots of effects that's going to co- come from this. Well, he's almost out in the open now because, you know, I mean, he does reveal himself to fish at least at the end. That's right, yep. Um, and with the events of the end of the episode, the whole playing field for this whole, like, you know, Gotham mob boss war is kind of changing. So... Where Penguin's going to be, I mean, you know, who knows? Because now Fish is potentially out of the picture or maybe will still be in the picture but just in a much different way or form. Maybe she'll wind up going with Moroni. It's – I mean, and who knows what Falcone's going to be up to now. And then there's still the lingering question of what the heck was up with that Indian burial ground that like they traded to each other. Like, yeah, I guess don't know about that. <laughs> I guess there's something important there. Yeah, you know, we, we can't get to that. We have to have scenes of Barbara Kane, you know, having tea with her, you know, parents. Oh, first. my gosh. What an awkward scene. The, I love how they pronounce weekend. Like, you at least stay for the weekend. It, it's like Downton Abbey <gasps> where, remember, Violet says, what's a weekend? Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, the Dowager count? <laughs> yes. Um, it's not a spoiler, so we're allowed to discuss yeah, that. We got we got in trouble for discussing Downton Abbey spoilers. I know. Well, do you think that Jim got his job back like too soon to the point where like there was almost no point to put him in Arkham Asylum if he gets his job back like just t- two episodes later? Yeah, I, I think it it was too soon for you know realism purposes, but I like that he is back. Uh, I, I think that. We complain a lot about the the divergent paths that this show goes and how many storylines. And I think adding Arkham is just one other storyline. And it worked, I think, for what we had. But now we could, you know, get rid of that and it's kind of in the background and we're back. So I think realistically he probably should have been in Arkham for a little longer. Especially with everything that happened, he was sort of responsible, just as the commissioner said, for letting all those people go, though it really was out of his hands. There was nothing else he could do. But I'm glad to see him back, and Bullock is glad to see him back. And it, Yeah, they kissed yeah. two episodes ago, or you one episode ago. Did. Yep. Yeah. Although Bullock, this episode, was just like, was just there to like respond to things that Gordon did. And he was great the whole time. Oh, like, yeah. Yep. He's like, he's like, it's been nice knowing you, Jim Bullock. You're coming to, I hate you. I loved that. Yeah, that was great. And then like the moment at the end where he's like, I'm through being careful. That was careful. And and I'm kind of with Bullock there. Like, you know, like it's – but I think that Gordon is being less careful, especially with, you know, the commissioner's like, here, here's your job back. And he's like, I hate you and I'm going to take you down. Like he's just – he's being – almost cartoonily ag- antagonistic now and I, I i don't know it's 
Do you think he's can, just done? Like, done playing this game? He knows what's going on now, and he's just going to go his own way no matter the consequences? I think that's part of it, too, because he's like, what's the worst they can do? Throw me back in Arkham? Like, he's already, you know, kidnapped the mayor and everything, but... <sighs> I almost feel like he should be not towing the line like the way that Bullock wanted him to in the early episodes, but at least, you know, putting on appearances somewhat, but I can see why he doesn't, why he wouldn't want to. It's just, it was more overt than I felt it should have been, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, they're giving you your job back. Just, you know, be quiet, shake their hand. Like, don't say anything to set them off at that exact moment. It would have meant – I think that if we would have waited a little longer for him to get his job back, it would have meant something more. And without knowing like the overall plans of the season, it feels like the only like reason to send him the Arkham and come back was to introduce Leslie to yeah. the uh, to the storyline and get her involved with him mm-hmm. um, so that they can uh, meet and marry and make Barbara Gordon Jr. Indeed. I mean they're already like a quarter of the way there. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know what they did in that locker room. I mean, it might well, not be... Well, they were interrupted by the shootouts, so they didn't do much. And it's weird. Um, I went onto Facebook, and oh, um, and they and there was a picture of that on Gotham's um, Facebook page, and fans were, like, reacting. And most of the reaction was, like, arguing if it's okay for, like, Gordon the cheat because Barbara cheated. And Cheats? to me, I don't... I don't consider it cheating anymore because, you know, like they've been broken up for a little while now. Dude, yeah, you're going to love this reference. We were on a break. Oh, I love I do love that reference. It's friends. It's totally because and number one, I think he has every right to do because look at what she did. And he has no idea what she's done and where she's been. But just the fact that she got up and left him. And I think I don't know how much time has passed. I mean, can we say a month? I don't even know. But I feel like it's in his right to potentially move on and meet somebody else. Yeah. I mean, they, they did break up. Um, it is a fee. I think that there needs to be a suitable period after a fiance, but I, I don't like playing the blame game when it comes to adultery because I, I think that it should be wrong no matter what, but I don't think this could be considered adultery although you know the fans online are debating but another consistent thing was there was a lot of cries over like yes leslie we want leslie get rid of barbara and uh, and some people were suspicious of her saying oh i don't know i think she's going to be up to something and then the comic fans were saying no 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 it's okay she never does anything bad and all i could think about is poor poor stephanie brown (laughs) although they they did wreck on that but like I'm just imagining, like, because I saw a lot of Dexter, like, one day Jim's going to walk in and find Stephanie Brown on one of those Dexter tables with Leslie, like, stabbing her. You know, whenever you say Dexter, I'm thinking Dexter's laboratory. And then it takes me, like, five seconds to realize that really you're talking about the uh, HBO or Showtime series Dexter. Which stars um, Don Maroney as Angel Batista. So you tell me. I've never seen it, but I know the the general thing of it. Yeah, well, I can certainly understand, you know, people uh, wanting Leslie more than than Barbara. I think that, as I've said all along, Barbara Keene is a terrible character right now. And it's, 
I certainly don't. It's not the actress. See how I've never said anything about the actress. It's just the character is terrible. It's what, it's, they're, just, it's what they're writing for exactly, her. Exactly, exactly. So I just want people who listen to realize that I'm not talking about the actress who's playing her. But, you know, and, and, and up against that, you're going to take anything that's good. And like I said, you know, her first entrance onto the scene, I really liked Leslie and I really bought her, bought Maria, um, Marina Bacarin as Leslie. So, uh, you know, I agree with that, and and I'm all for that. I, I feel like it's it's not going to be a long relationship, because obviously Jim and and Barbara are going to get back together. But Barbara needs to get over her own business first, and needs to shape up before I think they go back. So hopefully, it's a nice lingering relationship. But I don't see it going, you know, beyond this season. Well, and I was thinking about that whole, like, Leslie-Barbara thing and, like, people preferring one over the other. And the problem is Barbara has just been such an unsympathetic character in the show. Like, you know, she's been a hostage. She hasn't done anything. She's cheated. It's – I think that the solution to the problem is not to, like, pair Jim off with somebody else but is to – somehow make Barbara Keene more interesting. And there's ways to make someone interesting, and it's not to show them having tea with their parents or giving them a bisexual you know, affair or a mysterious drug pass. It's, um, I think she needs to do some sort of a game changer into the, in the show. And when I say a game changer, nothing that involves like the love triangle or the love life. I mean, you know, maybe something to do with these mob bosses, maybe something to do with the Wayne or Arkham thing, but she needs to just undergo some sort of a personality thing or take more of an active role um, and and not just be, you know, sitting at home with martinis waiting for Jim to come home while avoiding, you know, Montoya's glances. Well, she doesn't have to anymore because Montoya's avoiding her glances. Uh, it's it's a show. It's a soap opera. It, it, it'll all it'll all like come back again because I, I, I still don't feel like that's over yet either because no. Jim doesn't know. Of course not. You know, and I mean, there's the question of how he'll find out if Montoya will tell him. Because Montoya's probably going to wonder where Barbara is. Maybe she'll go to Jim. And uh, Barbara Keene's parents, what was what was that? Oh, we're going to talk about this now? <laughs> um, unless so- there's something else to talk about. But- <laughs> no, no, I've been waiting for this one. Since we were dancing around Barbara Keene, so I was just ready for you to bring it up. Dancing um- <laughs> around her as she drinks her wine, having oh her lesbian gosh. affairs. Maybe she has agoraphobia where she's like afraid of going out and being around but she did make it from wherever i love how she doesn't even call her parents she just shows up with her baggage in hand ready to stay well i don't think i don't think she's been there before like because the butler doesn't know her or it's just been a long time yeah i like like she's not a frequent visitor yeah so I feel so I think this also answers some questions because we were wondering in the past the mysterious we of course including our uh, co-host Donovan um, you know how is she able to potentially not go to work and have this really nice loft she has an art gallery which is super expensive to maintain so I think she's probably got some sort of trust fund slash inheritance from these rich parents so I think we're, we're getting a little piece of the Barbican puzzle. But walking into that house, like I said, very awkward scene. 
uh, they're they're very cold. I mean, when she says, "Can I stay?" They look at each other, and then, "Can I stay a couple days?" You know, they look at each other again. I felt like I was walking into a Nicholas Sparks novel, where the the child, the daughter or son, is doing something that the parents don't want, and they're pretty upset, and they like kicked her out. So I'm sure we're going to get some more of the Keens family dynamic and, and figure out what's going on. I'm sure they may be aware of her drug past, but it was just, it was a hard scene to watch and it almost makes me want to say it was a bad scene because it just, it was just super awkward but I, I think perhaps that was the intention to show that there is some sort of strain between the three of them but it, it doesn't really go uh, helping me like Barbara anymore but it's certainly an interesting scene but hey, she did get out of the house, she got out of the bed, so she's made some progress, who knows if she'll get out of the mansion though. Well, she's just going from house to house to house like it, it, yeah. it's, uh, it's, Couch surfer, is that what those people are it, called? It's funny because in the first like five or six episodes i was like barbara get out of the house and now all i can think is you need to go back to your house because she's like she's like running away like oh i need a place to stay i'm like you own a i know i keep on ringing this bell but i'm going to keep on ringing it until the show addresses it like jim does not live there according to the pilot unless like they have a line of dialogue saying that like jim moved in in the second episode or something it's yeah i don't understand like why she can't go to her own house i know that the gotham city sirens are there and she thinks that jim is like having sex with ivy pepper there but you oh, know <sighs> why can't she go to her house yeah. Um, but her parents, it's it does make me wonder about her backstory a little more because now we know she has a drug past and we know she has, you know, um, um, a past of um, different gendered partners. So uh-huh. I'm thinking she grew up in this very, very restricted environment and then rebelled against it, you know, with drugs and uh, sexual adventures. And her parents, either she pulled away from her parents or her parents pushed her away. And that's when all that Montoya and drug stuff happened. And then she wound up with Jim, and she's kind of been putting her life back together since. But I think that that's uh, the origin of Barbara Keene. As you were talking, I just realized that this is probably like the most well-rounded, strange podcast that I'm on, just because of all the topics that we deal with. you you watch a superhero show and you wouldn't really think that you'd be talking about like family troubles and drug habits and sexual adventures but sure enough we are (laughs) so maybe barbara keen is interesting because she's giving us all that well well because i wonder if her parents would be homophobic um yeah i mean is that just a stereotype i have because they look like they have sticks up their backs but you know (laughs) just up their backs yeah. Everett, like <laughs> even their names, Everett. Oh, like yeah. when I saw like in the previous episodes cast list that we were going to be seeing Barbara Keene's parents, I was like, okay, this will be interesting. Uh, maybe maybe they'll be like the villains of the week down the road or something like that. Oh gosh. Um, <gasps> maybe they're one of the crime families. Oh gosh, that would be super weird. The ones um, vying for yeah. I don't even know what I'm thinking now. I'm like I'm like in some world where like Barbara Keene like is is a part of a mafia family. Well, I guess if that's what game changer you want, there's a rise to power. She fills the void. She <gasps> takes over Fish's uh, club. You know what? I would not mind that. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Five seasons later, Jim tells her to have a change of heart. She, she's like Tess Mercer. Maybe. Well, what if Jim doesn't know? 
what if Barbara Keene has a secret criminal? What am I even saying? Yeah. You did bring up something uh, interesting about, you know, why can't she go back home? It's never been established, blah, blah, blah. I think it is off-panel and established that he's living somewhere else. But do you need to look any farther than the fact that he's living in the locker room and Lee, L-E-E, brings it up and he says, I'm in between places right now? Yeah, I mean, we've never seen his apartment. What if he and Bullock live together? That would be cool. That would be – they'd be like a uh, – what's that? Two, not two's company, but the, the odd uh, couple. The, the odd couple, yeah. Maybe he yeah. should move in with Bullock. Yeah. Well, and you texted me. You had a problem that like Lee just like walks into the men's locker room. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Is this a teen draw? Am I watching Pretty Little Liars right now? And uh, – but then she tells him – and he was shocked too. But then she tells him that – like the captain or somebody told her it'd be okay. I mean, how does he know? He's not in there. How does he know what she's about to walk in? I thought that was a little weird. It was a little forward of her to like walk into the locker room and like, yeah. you know, make out with him. Um, section. Well, did she make out with him or did he make out with her? She knew what she, she knew what she wanted when she walked in there. I agree with you there. Otherwise, she would she would have waited for him outside of the locker room. Or, yeah. in fact, that's what any normal person would do. Like, well, Jim's <laughs> in the locker room. Like, okay, I'll wait over here till he gets out. Yeah. Um. So I guess we now know that Lee, possible mother of Barbara Gordon, is very impatient. You bet. Mm-hmm. So maybe Babs will be born in eight months rather than nine. <gasps> maybe she's pregnant with Babs right now. Heavens! What a kiss. <laughs> Very <laughs> well. We don't know what happened when they faded to. Well, okay, you're right. The no, that the yeah, the police officer interrupted them. Okay, well, um, so they're talking about the sheet of that fish's place. So fish. I said last week I was very I say I say last week it was actually two weeks ago but I said two weeks ago I was very frustrated. I don't want to see fish again until she finally does something, and she did. Yep, she did. I was happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was anticlimactic the way that like when she called Falcone and he said, it's you, isn't it? And she said, I don't know what you mean. He's like, no, it's you. She's like, all right, it's me. After all this dancing around that we've been doing, when she like finally takes the quote unquote mask off and admits that it was her. I don't know. I thought it would have been a bigger moment than it wound up being. Well, do you think that's because. In the back of his mind, he already knew that stuff was going on. That's one thing that's kind of been weird for me because he, like, says to Penguin, like, well, you were right. And he's acting like, wow. Like, and he acts surprised about it. But I feel like he was supposed to have known. Like, in Penguin's Umbrella, he acted like he knew. Heck, in the second episode when he beats up her boyfriend. Right. He acted like he knew. And, um... There was another episode recently, the one where, like, he shoots the guy at the dinner table. He basically was like, oh, I don't know if, you know, maybe Fish is a traitor, but I need her. So it's – the show's kind of been weird in treating, like, his knowledge of it. But even for Fish to come out and admit it, I thought that that should have been a bigger moment. Yeah. Especially since that's really what's been built up all the time, the fact that she was on the side trying to – overthrow him so you'd think that the time that she was you know really uh forward about this is my plan and old man it's time for you to go down that it would be a real big dun 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 moment Mm -hmm. but it was like she just he says you know oh it's you just stop she's like okay yeah um and 
Don did text me, you know, from somewhere in North Carolina as he was watching the show. And like he, he paraphrased the scene and like he put it's like Fish says leave and Falcone says, OK. And then Butch says, wow, that was easy. And and I texted him back. Don't worry. It gets um, it gets real later on. And I was thinking someone has to die for there to be consequences, especially in a drama like this. So Liza, yeah. she got the boot. Uh, what do we think about that? So I do have to say that I thought outside of the townhouses, if that's where they were, that that was a really nice scene between Falcone and Liza. And it's interesting because you texted me and said, uh, well, I I, I didn't watch it until Tuesday, but I was going to bed and you texted me and said, uh, Falcone is not a weak old man. And I said, well, I never thought he was. But in that instant, you, you see his humanity because, you know, Fish always says you're a weak old man. And I guess you could see humanity or caring as weakness. But just the, the interaction between those two and him saying, you know, I want you to go and be happy and find somebody. And then she telling him, you know, I, I'm happy with you. And, of course, you're thinking about it. And as I was watching it, I thought to myself, I feel like 25% or maybe 40% of this is an act and, and really 60%, you know, she actually does deeply care for him because I think there is a certain aspect of really being deep undercover that you start to uh, sympathize with the person that you're undercover with. And, and I think that he treated her so well that she really does care for him. So that was, I think, doing that scene well really set up how tragic the last scene would be uh, and, and all of that stuff happening. And, of course, when she was kidnapped, I wasn't. I actually thought it was the penguin because as they were talking, I saw this guy limping down the sidewalk in the background very far back, and I thought, oh, no, penguin's coming. So I thought he had kidnapped her, so I was shocked that it was fish. But with all that that transpired, um, which I – it's just a testament to, I think, how much he really loved her potentially, just the fact that you know he was willing to leave, which in, in a way I thought, oh, man, that's too easy. But he really cared for her that he was willing to give up what he had, and perhaps he thought you know he made a good run of it and it's time to let it go while it's good, and he wanted her to – I think he was hurt too that all of his men – because he, he knew that if Fish was doing this, then all the men were behind her. That's true, yeah. But you know, at, at the end, when, when everything happened, first of all, I think he's hurt when Penguin says that because he, he lashes out right away and he doesn't want to believe it. But then when they're actually in the club and she comes out and, and he says, how long have you known Fish? And she doesn't do a good acting job of saying that. I, I didn't. Um, I, I knew. I would say I who's gonna... Fish. Oh, yeah. Um, well, how? That Well, that would be terrible because she knows she's been. It, she doesn't know the name correct. of. It, she doesn't know the name of who's been kidnapping her allegedly. I don't and also when like true. Fish like hands Liza the phone and she says, help. Help! Like, yeah, that yeah, that that that, that was horrible. Yeah, but but I just think uh, so. I knew so. I was bracing myself for what happened, but just the fact you know he apologizes and then just with his bare hands, he he strangles oh, her. Uh, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough, and it was sad because, like I said, I think there was a good relationship between them. I think he loved her, and and even in that 
interaction between Fish and Liza where she was saying, what aren't you telling me? I think in that moment you really do see that she cares for him. So just that, that death scene, the killing, the strangling scene, it was, it was tough to watch and it was, yeah, it was sad, but he's, he really is not a weak old man and he's back and there are going to be some consequences. Is this our first um, multi-episode character to die? Well, okay, we did have the Russian he was a – I think he was a multi-episode character, Nikolai. Yeah. Um, or was Nikolai a multiple episode? They acted like he was, but – Well, he was in bed with Fish that one episode. That might have been the same episode where he died for all I oh. – I, I can't remember, and someone probably remembering yelling at there. But yeah, I feel like Lies is the first like quote-unquote major or secondary character to die. So there is that – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, along with Penguin's mother coming up soon. Yeah. Um, that was a moment for me because I guess if I would have stopped to think about it, I probably would have predicted it that like she would have been the one to get it. But um, I do like how Falcone was just, you know, really, really impotent and wounded. And he, you know, he didn't have any fight in him anymore. And he was, you know, about to go until Penguin. Once Penguin says they used your mother against you, that's I, I think it was because of the mother factor if yeah. if it had been if it had been anything else like if Liza had just been a plant without using the mother weakness i think maybe he wouldn't have killed her he might have still mm-hmm. gone but i think that that got him angry enough that it put the fight back in him and he was able to take control of the situation and that was when i sent the text out like falcone is not a weak old man because that's kind of been Fish's mantra for a while. And um, right. uh, Don says that he wants us to say on the show that, like, Falcone should have killed Fish right then and there. And, I mean, we see – and I was even wondering when they said shoot out at Fish's club. I was thinking, oh, man, is she dead? But we see in the preview for next week that she's still alive. Um, and tortured. The yeah. show has to give a reason why she's going to survive, and I'm hoping that they will next week. But, yeah, it's uh, – do you think Falcone, in a realistic situation, would have also killed Fish? Uh, I do. I think he's got to make a uh, a lesson out of her. What it was an example out of her. There we go. Uh, first, I don't know how he does that exactly, but uh, it's not going to be easy. I think because she has betrayed him on multiple levels, that. Um, she has she's got to pay somehow but of course i i feel like they're not going to kill off fish in the first season so she's got to get out of it somehow but maybe do you think she can redeem herself in his eyes or it's like it's done their relationship is done. i think i think they are done unless he can give her he she can give him something that he needs or i mean my prediction and this is getting into talking about next week but you know like you know, what the hey, you know, because it's part of the conversation. I think that she's going to be tortured. And before they can kill her, something's going to happen where she's going to escape. And she's going to kind of hide out for a while and try and, like, rebuild her criminal empire. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, maybe she'll... Who does that sound like? Penguin? <gasps> yeah. Oh, oh. What if Penguin... You know what would be a cool moment if Penguin walked her to the pier? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Or if Penguin takes that baseball bat, which I wish we'd see more of the baseball bat. She brought it to Comic-Con and she's like, this is Fish's best friend, you know, and and, and I don't well, think that's, yeah. that the bat's name was Butch. So, you know. So because you got it on, I guess, the Fox website or whatever on your Kindle, you missed a couple commercials where um, 
the guy who plays Penguin was it was basically a Ford I think it was Ford commercial and stuff but he went to the dressing room and like checked out different things and he said that he accidentally took one of Fish's uh, costumes thinking it was his so he had to bring it back and the costume lady opened it up to show what it was and then she talked a little bit about it and said that she's going to have like an intense fight sequence coming up soon but she couldn't say more than that so I wonder if there's something you know she does make an escape somehow and uh, uses that the bat comes back I'd like Penguin to hit her with the bat just to mirror what happened in the pilot. Oh, goodness. And then yep. she could have a limp. Like, um, if Fish survives this, I want there to be, like, consequences. Like, something where, like, five episodes from now, you won't be able to look at Fish without, like, seeing a reminder of, like, whatever happened. Like how Penguin, mm. when he gets hurt, his limp is inconsistent. But I noticed that, like, if he gets electrocuted, you know, or something, like, the limp kind of comes back. <laughs> And that comes from, you know, uh, the beating he took from Fish and the pilot. So mm-hmm. I think something like that happening to her now to reverse the situation. And maybe Penguin will take over her nightclub like he wanted to do in the first place now. Because Penguin has that moment at the end. He comes out. He walks out, you know, kind of, rev- you know, and <laughs> he has that little <laughs> reunion with Fish again. So that was a good moment. Yeah. Well, we still don't know about her wig, so I wonder if uh, if something like that will come into play when all this stuff is going down. Her wig? Oh, well, because that red hair is not really, or the, with the streaks is not her real hair. Why would you think that her wig's going to be a plot point? I, I think the reason that she has it will be a plot point, yes. Because she's bald? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's really that silly that I'm saying yes, this? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think there's a reason why she has this Yeah, because we live in the 21st century where people, you know, customize their appearances in different ways like wigs. That's, I don't that's think like, so. I think Do you think there's a reason now. why Bullock wears that hat? Uh, that's probably a fashion statement. But I, Well, maybe I Fish's hair that, is a fashion I don't statement. Think, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. <laughs> What do you think she's hiding under all there? The hair bra- whole, all the harebrain stuff that I accept from you, and you can't accept this one possibly legitimate claim. That fish has secret hair? Not that she... What in the world? No! <laughs> Why are you laughing? Twenty minutes ago, you were like, "Oh man, this podcast." We discussed like drugs, alcohol, sexuality, you know, money, greed, adventures, and now we're like, "Why does Fish Mooney have colorful wigs?" She only has one, I'm sure, but I think she? there's a reason why she wears. What the- if Penguin wears though her wig? What if the wig is what gives her superpowers? I do want to bring up the fact that, um. That scene with with Falcone's mother, do you think that that was purposeful? Uh, do you think it worked for the this episode? It confused. The yeah, it confused me a little bit. Which, by the way, like that apartment building set, like that's the same like set of like Penguin's apartment and Liza's apartment, like that that little hallway. It was weird because like it, it's not like his relationship with his mother was even shown. It's just him looking at a funeral for presumably someone in his family, and the kid. 
I think it's yeah. And the kid who like was watching with me, he even said, "What was up with that?" And I said, "It's just you know, baby Falcone remembering something." Um, Yeah. Well, his mother, and that was the song that uh, Liza was taught. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he should have been suspicious of her longer, but I guess. You know, the heart is blind to what it is. Yeah, I don't think that that scene worked to answer your question. It was just too broad and confusing. Like, seeing his mother sing to him that song, like, as she was putting him in the bed would have been better or something. And it also would have, like, or maybe if his mother was doing whatever, like, let's say his mother and him were walking in the park and then it cuts to, like, him and Liza now walking down the street together. It would have had creepy Oedipal undertones, but it would have communicated to the audience, like, you know, why he had the empathy for Liza that he did. So shipping, um, we have the return of Miss Kringle. You know, always, I kind of agreed with her there, you know, like, it is kind of creepy to put a bullet in a cupcake and put on a woman's uh, desk, but... I don't have a lot to say about the scenes other than like it, it was fun to see that other side of Nigma and just him like you almost feel for him because he legitimately like he wants to, you know, it's like he wants to play and she doesn't understand his game and he's legitimately hurt when, you know, he's called a freak and he's like, I'm sorry, I never, you know, intended to do this. Like he's well meaning. He just doesn't have the social norms. He's like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. One of a uh, previous episode, I asked a question, and you and Donovan, in a very rude manner, shot me down. You probably and had a comment. Said no. Whatever. And this is what I said. I said, when you go into that room, the file room, do you ever feel like you're at, in a different time period? And as I was watching this episode, I really, I mean, I think this has been. I mean, do you see that we're not in the two thousands? throughout the show well little things like when when they were doing the briefing on like the electrocutioner with essen uh-huh. like edward nigma was using like the old projectors in elmo yeah man. that they like i remember those from elementary school you bet um, and then the flash photographer like the way the flashes were yeah i mean but i just feel like going to that records room with the way that kringle and nigma are just like oh man i feel like i'm going back in the 60s I don't know. They just bring me back for some reason. Uh, it's interesting. I feel bad for Enigma. It's, you know, like talking to an awkward guy. And, and I thought maybe she was flattered at some of the things he said, you know, talking about uh, a beautiful woman is a dangerous thing. She smiles. But then that guy comes out of nowhere. Who, what character is he? Is he anyone we should care I, I don't know. Supposedly we're supposed to see Flass at one point or another from year one. Hmm. Um, like he's... He, I think he was on the cast list for this episode, but I never saw him. And he's he's also on the cast list for next week, but we don't always yeah. see the people that they say we're going to see. Like, I remember, like, yeah. we were supposed to see Harvey Dent, like, an episode or two before we saw him, according to the cast list. Could this be what makes Nigma break? Do you think he's going to break in the first... No, I guess not. But do you think something's going to happen? I hope it's not too soon because I wouldn't want him to become the Riddler right away. But maybe whatever would cause him to lose his job might be like a misunderstanding over like, you know, like he might try and woo Kringle in a certain way that winds up losing him his job or committing a crime. Um, Or maybe something will happen to her. I I don't know. It's I'm enjoying their moments, but 
if she comes back for another few episodes, they have to switch it up a little bit because then it's just going to be the same thing every time we see her, which is, you know, he tries to woo her and she gets creeped out by him. Like, it's going to get old after a while. Like, you need to switch it up somewhat or have some movement. Yep. Um, second episode in a row, no Bruce Wayne. What do you think? I'm okay with it. I was also okay with not having the Gotham City Sirens because there was just so much already going on and more important things going on that really we don't need to see Bruce doing his schoolwork again. Well, does he even go to school? The writers can't make up their mind. <laughs> well, Alfred better be homeschooling or something. Um, but yeah, we had, before we had our break, we had two very like heavy Bruce episodes in uh, Harvey Dent and Lovecraft. Like those both heavily featured Bruce, and um, I like Bruce on the show, but I think you and I and Don would say this too. We've been fans of the episodes that have like focused more on certain characters, and we really kind of only had two plot lines this episode, and you know three if you'd count you know the Kringle thing, but that was like mm-hmm. you know that that was a small subplot at the most. Well, and then the Barbara scene, but that was only, you know, one scene. We didn't have to waste too much time there. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think scenes of Bruce and out, it would have been too too much, too much. Um, and we got to focus. Way to do an impression of yourself. An impression of you doing an impression of me. I heard, I heard that on <laughs> BTO this weekend, too. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, this is happening. <laughs> oh, gosh. Alex Hay over on the BatmanUniverse.net gave What the Little Bird Told Him a 4 out of 5 better range. All right. And next week's episode is called Welcome Back, Jim Gordon. Stella, what is the um, synopsis for that one? Yeah. The sudden death of a witness, a key witness, in fact, has Gordon suspicious on an all-new Gotham. On Monday, January 26th, when the key witness in a homicide ends up dead while being held for questioning by the police, Gordon suspects that it's an inside job and looks to an old friend for information. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Oswald Cobblepot takes control of one of Fish Mooney's prized possessions as she gets a small taste of her own medicine in the all-new Welcome Back, Jim Gordon. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. And uh, you and I have both seen um, that little uh, preview that they showed at the end of the episode. So we know that Fish is in for a hot time in the old town tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that prize position is her restaurant since we did that speculation earlier. Yeah, her bar. Yeah. Yep. Which um, I know we're talking about next week's episode now, but I do want to say that the people who did the – Whoever does the promos, by the way, whoever did the promo for um, what the little bird told him should should have chosen some better scenes. Because, like, if you think about all the, like, oh, my gosh, moments that we had this week, none of those were in the promo. And I know you don't want to spoil anything, but, like, you know, teases because they mostly focused on the electrocutioner. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. they did. But any more thoughts or guesses on to next week's episode? Nope, my main guess is basically about Penguin's mother uh, getting killed in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And maybe some more Jim Gordon Lee <laughs> shipping. Jim Lee. <gasps> Jim oh Lee. <gasps> Could it be? Oh, so the shipper name is a hint <laughs> to 
DC uh, editorial staff slash artists. There you go. The, the, the co-creator of Hush. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay, so this has been Gotham Chronicle. We will see you So normally the practice goes until 8.30, but there is a new uh, song that you want to meet me to sing uh, as a solo. And so we were running. Oh. I am. And so we were running through everything. And then all of a sudden it's 8.47 and he gets a text and he's looking at it all funny. And I said to him, uh, is your wife going into labor? <laughs> and then he has to call his wife. And so she's got some heavy contractions. So we actually, we left. We were all rushing around, and uh, yeah. So who knows if his wife is in the room or not? But maybe, um, maybe it's not his wife. Maybe um, he's been called by Don by Don Falcone. By Don Falcone. To, and he's using and he's using his wife as an excuse. As an excuse, yes. Well, let's yeah. hope he doesn't swear on uh, her life because I have a bad feeling that Penguin's mother's going to die. Okay. Uh, we are recording, right? Boy, I sure hope so. Okay, well. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> but Josh, yeah, it, it says it's recording. Okay, you're like, gee, I sure hope so. I'm like, well, I, I can't check. It has to be. I'm so like, <laughs> it was a horrible day. But now this is a good day. Yeah. A brand new day. A brand new day. <laughs> a dazzling hope I never knew. All right. Get a continuation of last week's storyline with the electrocutioner, and Jim promises uh, Commissioner Loeb uh, that he can catch the executioner in uh, the executioner. What the heck am I saying? Wow. All right, I gotta start that over. <laughs> Did they actually name Loeb? Because I was waiting for it. It, it said in the credits, like okay. the like little like from those links that I send you. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, first of all, are we going to talk about the? Um that that he boarded that out as well. Yeah, and anything related to that. Okay. We're, you know, we're 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 trying Dustin's more free form approach. Oh, Dustin. Um, <laughs> Dustin. Oh, Dustin. He actually listened to this show. Um, what do you say? Well, because I I brought out some fan wrote in and said something about um, Batman that like my theories were wrong or something, and then I yelled at the fan and told him let's just go back to the Superman reading and leave me with my fan. Alone, and, I said, and, then, and then I said, uh, like, you know, Leslie, I know that Barbara Gordon is actually the daughter of Leslie and, um, and Jim, and then Ed was super confused, and, and Dustin said, don't worry about Gotham Chronicles, that's not going to be So he must obviously, <laughs> he listens to it, and shakes his head, I'm sure, and everything. Let's just My roll another wheel out the window, and you're worse than <laughs> attacking, attacking downtown San Diego. Oh, you bet. Uh, I, I That's think... one of my favorites. And well, in the shootouts, um, right? Which Ivy probably, you know, alerted the police to so that they would not procreate and make Barbara. Because remember, Ivy has to stop the birth of Barbara Gordon. 
as we established the other episode. All right, that was a joke that <laughs> fell. Yeah, that, that completely fell flat. Well, I was trying to remember when we said that. Why does Why does Ivy want to stop the creation of Barbara Gordon? Because Barbara Gordon stops her in Batman and Robin, okay. and then the Beware and the Batman. Beware the Batman. I, I feel you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that just stopped the show, Dan. <laughs> hey, we always need one of those. I think. Maybe like, she's Black Mask. Like the original. We already had Before like, Roman what if she becomes the Joker? How? Well, um... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Let's go. One day, um, you know, Jim is pregnant, you know, with Barbara and um, and by Leslie. No, but by by Barbara Keene. Um, So, so she's worried about putting money on the table. So she takes a job robbing a chemical plant, and they tell her to go by the name Red Hood. But then she finds out from the cops that Jim died in like a baby bottle feeder accident. So now she doesn't want to do the robbery, but they say, hey, hey, King, you know, you got to do this anyway. You signed off. So they're at the chemical plant. She puts on the Red Hood mask and Bruce, who at this point in the series has become Batman, attacks her. She falls into the vat of chemicals in fear and becomes the Joker. reason why Joker's wife was in the Killing Joker graphic novel. I thought she had a baby, though. No, not yet. She was still pregnant. Okay. Second question. If Jim is uh, pregnant, <clears throat> wouldn't uh, Barbara falling into the vat alter that baby's uh, chemical properties? Jim is pregnant, not Barbara. I know, but really we're talking about Barbara. But Barbara falling into the vat doesn't affect a baby that's in someone else's <laughs> Oh, give me a break. <laughs> And then Barbara Gordon comes out as, uh... Why would she come? She's coming out of Jim. In this scenario, Jim's the... Wait, this is why we need Don, because I don't even know what just happened now. Like, all of a sudden, we're talking about Barbara King's parents, and we're redoing the killing joke in the most, like, bizarre way. How's, how's Don gonna help your insanity? Don is gonna, like, be there like, okay, you two need to shut up and get back, back on track. How <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Dustin. <laughs> Maybe Dustin. Yeah, I know. If Dustin was here, he would be shaking his head right now. Like, I can't yeah. believe I let you guys on my website. Well, he's going to be shaking his head when he Well, I uh, did bring up... <laughs> did. To get back on track. Change your profile picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, two children. Yes. You did not just do that. <laughs> what? You can't tell us. Uh, did you hear when I forgot I blanked on Don Yes, I did, and I almost teased you for it. Right. I was like. I said, Don. It was during, like, I think it was when you were talking about Gotham Chronicle. It's funny because, like, <laughs> there's a picture of him, like, at your desk on school. Uh, so what do you think of these pictures and her profile? 
thought of you when I was doing this and like what you said and uh, when I was in the sink in uh, Little Italy. <laughs> About bailing you up from You jail. said, you're the one friend I can see going to Jerusalem. <laughs> God. I was only trying to yeah. plug in the DVD player. <laughs> yeah, but you just do it and scare that you leave muffin crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, goodness. Disregard for everything. Disregard for the muffins. Yeah. It was. 